0: Assalamu Alaikum my beautiful sisters, how are you doing? Wa Alaikum Salaam um, how are you? I'm doing amazingly well, thank you for asking Sister Severani, how are you? Good, Alhamdulillah,
1: thank you. Alhamdulillah, Sister Zulfa, how are you? Wa Alaikum Salaam, I'm wa barakatuh. I believe uh, Sister Zulfa, she went to pray. Okay, Alhamdulillah. I was just waiting if we give them another one minute, too, it will be good, inshallah. How are you, uh, Sister Muzanzam? <laughs> alhamdulillah,
0: alhamdulillah. Very excited. Ramadan is coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sarah,
0: she is going to prepare our minds for the Ramadan so that we can yes, yes,
1: make yes. this the most successful one yet, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah, rabb Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sister Sarah, what is your thought about that? Ramadan is coming. <laughs>
2: yeah uh, today inshallah we'll just talk about um, like the importance of, of preparing for Ramadan way before. you know I think a lot of people fall into the mistake of starting to prepare day one of Ramadan. No,
1: no. Um,
2: and then by the time you reap the benefits, Ramadan is over. No. Yes so starting ahead of time and then taking like today is mainly like just understanding the significance of this month and how serious it is um, and how we need to take it seriously. And inshallah, that is a source of kind of motivation and an introduction to the series. And then each week um, that we meet, we can do different topics related to Ramadan in preparation, inshallah. Inshallah.
0: Well, that's, that's a beautiful thing. I've I've never I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um usually when the when the day one comes in, I start reviewing. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I really get into it, we're on the last 10 days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like running a marathon, you know, if you have yeah. to prepare weeks and months in advance to be able on that day to be able to run smoothly. But if we start, if you don't, you know, you start day one of that marathon running, then you, you, you don't have that stamina yet. So definitely like it requires stam- stamina to be able to recite the Quran more and pray more and do all these other voluntary deeds. So we need to start now. So we, it's a habit already
0: that's a that's a beautiful thing and then and then it's this is you know kind of interesting for me because i mean we haven't had this type of pandemic uh you know in 100 years in this country anyway
1: yeah but
0: um you know to, to to be separate to not be able to make it the calf not to be with your you know sisters who are holding on you know to the rope of a law you know it's, it's kind of difficult i mean right maybe maybe we can talk about or have some sort of discussions on how we can make the most given our situation because wow this is this is tough this is tough without a community it's it's tough yeah you know?
2: it's, it's definitely a unique Ramadan and I think that's a great idea to maybe one week have um mm-hmm. that as a topic and like open it up for a discussion and and it's space for even sister to share if there are any concerns or you know of being alone during Ramadan and yes. and, and it's tips and, you know, just advice that we can share with each other. And I'm sure a lot of people have the same worries and concerns because um, it's definitely part of Ramadan is healing that community, you know, and being able to go to the masjid, break your fast together, pray together. Um, so that's definitely something that is missing um, that we can address and, and try to figure out some tips that we can share
0: with each other. Yes, alhamdulillah. I mean I would truly love that because I I, I let's,
1: we let's, think we're gonna we're yeah. gonna start inshallah. Mm-hmm. and uh, um Mr. Umuzamzam. I think we have a couple more people. You're gonna welcome them and then start the meeting and introduce Sister Sarah and we take it from there, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Okay, alhamdulillah. We
0: got uh we got her here, alhamdulillah. We got um yeah, we got mademoiselle. Mahmood, she's on as well.
1: Asalaamu alaykum,
0: Sister Mademoiselle, how are you?
1: <laughs> alhamdulillah, yu alaykum, <laughs> salam, wa rahmatullah. How are you doing?
0: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> alhamdulillah, I- I'm, you- I'm very glad you came. I mean, there's Thank so many things that we have to do in our day-to-day lives to make sure that we make time for this on a weekly basis. Thank you for that commitment. May Allah reward
1: you. Inshallah, ameen, ameen. Allah reward us
0: all. Alhamdulillah. Okay, insha'Allah, I would like to get started because we want to maximize our time and uh, we want to also earn the the rewards and the blessings of coming together. So insha'Allah, I would like Sister Severoni, after I introduce her, to give the opening dua so we can insha'Allah amass our blessings. But let me introduce Sister Severoni insha'Allah. Uh, Sister Sarah Sada, Sister Sada Severoni has been giving us uh, some amazing, amazing, amazing classes over the last few weeks. And sisters, I would like for you, inshallah, to help me welcome officially now, Sister Sarah Severoni is the woman's health first, first person on the board in her new role as vice president of Women's Islamic Education, generally known or currently known as ASHA. Please help me welcome Sister Sarah, Sarah Severoni. Insha'Allah. <laughs> alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Okay, so let's start with the opening dua. Inshallah, Sister Severoni, I am so excited about today's topic. Uh, may Allah reward you. For preparing this amazing presentation for us and getting us ready well ahead of time so that we can make the most of this amazing month,
2: inshallah. On you. shaitani Bismillah, <laughs> Rahman, Rahim. In Alhamdulillah, <laughs> na'hmaduhu wa in, who Wa to billahi min who anfusina to min sayyi'ati May yahdi Allahu fala mudilla la wa yudlil fala hadiya la wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la Sharikala la wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu amma ba so insha'Allah, um jazak Allah khaira for you for everybody uh joining and and for appointing me nominating me as vice president um may Allah put baraka in this organization and increase us all in beneficial knowledge and and bring us towards things that are pleasing to him. I mean, uh, so today uh, we are going to, inshallah, begin a new series. Um, And we felt that this was befitting since Ramadan is quickly approaching, Um, so the series will Basically, every time we meet inshallah, we'll discuss different topics pertaining to the month of Ramadan so that we can prepare for Ramadan. And the reason you want to prepare before Ramadan, first and foremost, we take the example of the pious predecessors from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and the companions and how they used to prepare for Ramadan. And we know that they would spend six months supplicating to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala six months before Ramadan began supplicating to Allah asking Allah to allow them to reach the month of Ramadan. So six months before Ramadan, they were already starting to prepare for the month of Ramadan. And then after Ramadan, until six months after, they would make supplication to Allah, asking Allah to accept that month for them. So it's very important that we begin to prepare for Ramadan way before Ramadan starts. Some of the scholars, um, there's lines of poetry where they mentioned that Rajab, the month of Rajab, which is three months from Ramadan, is when you plant the seed. And then in Shaaban is when you nurture the seed, like you give it its water, you know, sunlight, and things like that. And then it starts to grow. And then in Ramadan, you reap the fruits. So we need to plant our seeds and take care of our plants and allow them to grow so that when Ramadan comes, we're, we're capturing those from day one. You're capturing those fruits. Um, a common mistake that a lot of people fall into is that they wait until the first day of Ramadan to now start reading the Qur'an. And now start increasing in in night prayer and, and other voluntary acts. And it can be very difficult, even increasing or starting to fast. They didn't fast before. And then day one of Ramadan is when you start fasting. And that can be something that is very difficult and burdensome to your body when you are doing all of these acts of worship at once. But if you start ahead of time, you're training yourself because we all know like Allah says in the Quran in nafs your your self your nafs is one of the two greatest forces against you we we know the shaitan is one of the greatest forces against you always trying to whisper you to do evil and 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 take you off the path for, towards Allah ta'ala get you to waste time but your self arguably could be even worse than shaytan because your self is attached your nafs your own de- self is attached to desires <clears throat> and a lot of times these desires are not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. they take you away from worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that he deserves to be worshipped and so we have to train ourselves and we have to fight against our nafs we have to Fight and be strong against the temptations of the shaytan now so that when Ramadan comes, that's a habit that's already built. Start praying now, even if it's just witr every night before you go to sleep, one rak'ah. You recite al-Fatiha, ahad, go into ruku, come up, you, you can make dua, then go into sujood, and then you're finished. Just one rak'ah. You can fast one day a week, Mondays or Thursdays or whatever, you know, whatever is easy for you read at least a page of the Qur'an a day. And if you start doing this now, you'll see that by by the time Ramadan comes in, you're able to do more, and inshallah, it'll be easy for you to do more as well. So this is the objective behind starting this series. Um, Also, because I know a lot of times in Ramadan or when Ramadan comes around, all these planners come out, right? All these Ramadan planners and journals and checklists and things like that you can do. And those are great resources. Um, however sometimes me personally i find them to be somewhat overwhelming um and everybody's ramadan is different everybody's on a different journey everybody's on a different pace right this is your own personal intimate relationship with allah Subhanahu wa Taala, um, and it's unique and crafted to you and your abilities and and just your life so i think um it's helpful to get general information uh general advice motivation inspiration uh different tips and also learning like the importance of ramadan and learning um the importance of the quran especially during the month of ramadan learning how like the fiqh of fasting right what breaks your fast is my fast valid is my fast accepted all of these different things are really important and inshallah now is the best time to start as we are almost you know uh in rajab we have about like five or six days until we're in the month of rajab and there this is when you want to increase in supplication and ask allah to bless these months for you and and allow us all to reach the month of ramadan and uh from the supplications of the salaf is they used to ask allah keep me safe until ramadan and keep ramadan safe for me right so inshallah that's the goal that we start now we and we're able to um help each other out and can make it like a forum where we can offer advice and feedback what worked for you um because we all benefit from one another um and and reminders we know we should remind each other because remind because the reminders benefit the believers Um, so that is the objective inshallah and then as for today's topic we will be discussing the importance of Ramadan and and especially taking Ramadan seriously. Because Ramadan is the month of perfection. During the days of Ramadan, you fast. You abstain from your desires. You abstain from evil speech. You abstain from evil actions. This is the month where during the day you are behaving with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then at night... You stand in front of your Lord and you recite the Quran in the night prayer in front of your Lord. You supplicate only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You make dhikr and you remember only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is a month that we have to understand there is no room for negligence, right? There is no room for sins during this month. There is no room for taking it easy, right? There's no room for heedlessness, for being lazy we have to take advantage of every single moment of every single day in this month this is a month of mercy as we all know every night during the month of ramadan allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he descends in a way that befits his majesty and this is the the month in which every single night allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is freeing hundreds of servants of his from the hellfire and this is also the month that every single night allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is writing who will be from the people of Jannah? Who will enter Jannah? Who will be saved from the hellfire? And this happens every single night during Ramadan. Ramadan is a guest. And we know that when you have a guest that comes to your house, how do you treat that guest? You, you treat them with respect. You treat them properly. You know, you face that guest. You don't act bad towards that guest. And likewise, Ramadan is your guest. It comes once a month. It comes once a year. right? And, and we're not even guaranteed we will reach them every single year. How many people do you know that they're alive and then the night before Ramadan, they pass away or a few weeks before Ramadan, they pass away. I remember a few years ago in our community, the, the night before the first day of fasting Ramadan, that's when Tarawih starts, right? And there was a young man in our community who was driving to the masjid the first night of Tarawih, got in a car accident and died. Right? Just minutes, maybe hours before the month of Ramadan starts. He, he It was written that he would not reach this Ramadan. And some people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written, they won't reach Ramadan. Some people Allah has written, they will reach Ramadan, but they won't finish the month of Ramadan. And then there's some people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that they will reach and finish the entire month. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, to allow us to be... Um, there's a story that from the time of the Prophet that there were two men who passed away, and one was in a level higher than the other in Jannah. And they were trying to figure out what did this guy do? They both died the same way. They were both shaheed. They both died as martyrs. They were both uh, devoutly worshipping Allah subhanahu wa Taala. Everything was equal, but they just couldn't figure out why was this guy in a higher level than the other, his companion. And the Prophet told him because he lived a year longer and he was able to, um, he had one extra Ramadan over his companion. And therefore, he um, he, he was able to reach a higher level. Some of the scholars even mentioned that the people in the graves, one thing that they yearn for is to go back into this life so that they can be in at least one more month of Ramadan, that they can witness one more month of Ramadan. So it's really important that we recognize this and we take this seriously while we have it. And we have to be like the salaf, that we're in constant supplication to Allah, that he allows us to reach the month of Ramadan and he accepts it from us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says about the month of Ramadan, ayyaman ma'adudat, that the Ramadan is only a limited number of days. It's your guest, right? You respect it, but it's a limited amount of days. And how many of us can attest to the fact that Ramadan begins and ends almost like in a blink of an eye. Each year it feels like it goes faster and faster. Like it feels like you just started and now you're ending it. And how many of us end the month of Ramadan with so much regret, like I wish I did more, right? The very last day, I know me, I can speak for myself every single Ramadan. The last day I'm, I I wish, I always tell myself, I wish I did more. I wish I took more advantage, right? Because it's a limited number of days. And we have to understand what is at stake here. Ramadan is the month the Quran was revealed. Right? It's the month that our messenger became a messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's the month that the king of angels, Angel Jibreel alayhi salam, descended to our messenger with the revelation. And it's the month that the revelation was sent in the best of cities, Mecca. And this is the month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed Islam would begin on the night of Qadr in the Arabian Peninsula for the Arabs. And this is the month that we became from the ummah of the Prophet Wasallam. And it's the month that we became the best ummah that will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us. And it happened during the month of Ramadan. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa says, Ramadan was a month that the Qur'an was revealed. A guidance for mankind and an explanation between what is right and what is wrong. So we learned that Ramadan is a month that when falseness and when shirk have been eradicated until the day of judgment. And this is the month that the truth and, and toheed remains on this earth. And all of this happened during the month of Ramadan. Yes, we are mentioning, so Ramadan is, is the month that falseness and, and shirk were eradicated and eradicated until the day of judgment. And it's the month that the truth and, and, and toheed remains on this earth, has been established on this earth until the day of judgment. It's the month that our Prophet, sallallahu alayhi he became a leader of mankind and to the jinn. And so, in this month, from everything we've mentioned, you can see that in this month we have been given a great deal of honor, and we've been given a great deal of respect. And the Prophet he tells us in a hadith that whoever doesn't leave off ignorance, whoever doesn't leave off sins, whoever doesn't leave off any kind of false idleness when he's fasting, then Allah does not need for this person to leave his food or his drink. So this person's fast has not become pointless. Right. So we have to understand the objectives of why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed fasting. And it's not an objective that Allah decreed fasting for us to just still indulge in our sins and go on about our lives and not make any changes and continue to be heedless and not benefit ourselves but the most amazing thing about this hadith is that we learn that from this hadith that the more you leave off idleness the more you leave off your desires the more you leave off sins the more you will increase in piety the more you will increase in blessings the more you will increase in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the more you will increase in his reward, inshallah. Ramadan is a month where we need to check ourselves and we need to hold ourselves accountable. You need to ask yourself, what am I doing? Why am I doing this thing? Am I behaving properly or not? This action that I do, is it in line with the Quran or Sunnah, with the Quran and the sunnah or not? This action that I'm doing, is it with dignity? Is it with piety? Or is it not? This action that I'm doing, is, it, is there a point to it? Is there a purpose to it or not? So we have to do that, and and this is something that we, we should get into a habit of doing. And this is something that Imam Ibn Qayyim, he advised that people do this every night. Before you go to sleep, to do muhasaba of yourself, meaning take your day into account. So sit back, you know, when you get into your bed before you sleep and you shut your eyes, think to yourself, all of the actions you did that day, all of the things you said that day, and were they in line with what is pleasing to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala and in accordance to the Sunnah of the Prophet or not? What could you do better? What could you improve on? Because this is a state of a Muslim that we are in constant, um, our position is that we're constantly improving, And we have to have that mentality, okay, I did this, what's next, what's next, what's next? Right? When you finish a good deed, you have to jump onto the next good deed and so on and so forth. Just like when Imam Ahmed was asked, when will we rest? And he said, I will not rest until I place my two feet in Jannah. This is the state of a believer that there's too much at stake to waste time. And understand that this is a trap from the Shaytan as well that when he can't get you to sin, right, because shaitan is very smart, shaitan, he's a very good salesman that knows his customer, right, shaitan knows what's a weakness for every single individual, and everybody has their own weakness, different sins that are a weakness to you, is your soft spot, so someone, their weakness may be music, someone, their weakness may be backbiting, right, someone, their weakness may be going free mixing or going to a club or whatever the case may be so he's going to use whatever he knows as your weakness because if you're firm on something else that's not going to benefit him um and we have to understand that the shaitan, yes so the shaitan, he will use your your weakness to try to um persuade you to fall off from the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and the Prophet said he used to make a supplication often. And he used to say, Allahumma bidni ilayk. So in his dua, he used to ask Allah, Allah take me in a state when I leave this dunya that I'm doing something where I'm not idle, that there's no point. So if Shaitan can't get you to fall into a sin, the next thing he's gonna to try to get you to do is waste your time, right? to distract you from ibadah. He'll try, the first thing he'll try to do is have you fall into kufur. If he can't do that, kufur or shirk, then he'll try to get you to fall into bid'ah, into innovations. If he can't do that, major sins. If he can't do that, minor sins. If he can't do that, he's going to try to get you to waste time to keep you from ibadah, to distract you with the dunya, that you're always chasing the dunya and busy with the worldly life and you forgot your akhirah so he will try he's so patient shaytan that he will wait generations right until he can attack one of your you know your offspring or your grandchildren your great great grandchildren to misguide he's willing to wait generations to do that right so you have to understand who your enemy is and the way that they think and who they are and we see ramadan is approaching very fast and it and it will move as quickly It's a month that is approaching fast and and it will leave us fast as well. And the other thing we have to understand about Ramadan is that it's not a bridge that you just cross from one point to another, that your, your, your objective is not just to reach the end of Ramadan, but understand that Ramadan is a school for you. Ramadan is a university for you that has many benefits that we can learn from. Imam Ibn He um, he's one of the most, in my opinion, amazing scholars from our pious predecessors. And just the way that he was able to ponder and reflect um, which, and, and put it into words is amazing. And he mentions one day, and he's reflecting to himself, and he has a book called Sayyid al-Khatir, which uh, it's translated into English as Captured Thoughts and where it's just a series of reflections that just during his life any reflections that he did within himself and pondering he would just write down and compile it into a book and he says that one day he went to the market so he says one day i went to the market but i went late you know um it was almost time for the market to close and so when i went there i found nothing Um, there wasn't really things that you know all the good stuff was gone not many things that I would like or interested in purchasing and also he realized that the prices were high meaning that the people were trying to just get rid of their last amount bit of goods that they had left and they were increasing um, the prices because they wanted to sell them right Um, and he says I told myself that the next day I'm going to go early so that I can get whatever I want and I'm able to uh, you know, bargain and get a good deal as well. Um, and he says that the next day he went and he got all that he wanted and even better than that. And he was even able to get a better price, like bargain and get a better price. And then he stops and he, he's talking to himself. He's pondering, reflecting with himself. And he says, oh my soul, talking to himself, go early. And he says, hasten to do good deeds. And if you do that, you will become honored and you will become rich. So he's like, just as you are thinking to go early to gain something from the dunya, you have to have that mentality with your acts of worship as well. So he says, go early, and ha- meaning hasten to do your good deeds and try to do more and more and more. Always ask yourself, what's next? What can I do better? And then he said, in my soul, remember that if you go late, meaning that if you delay good deeds, if you delay worship, if you're negligent, if you're lazy in doing these good deeds, he says, you will get nothing and you'll become poor and deprived. So it's beautiful how he made a parable between an affair that he, an event that he encountered in, in his worldly life and how he can better himself for the Akhirah as well. We have to understand that Ramadan is not like any other month. Right? Ramadan is not like any other month in which you recite the Quran. Ramadan is not like any other month in which you stand in front of your Lord in prayer. Ramadan is not like any other month when it comes to charity as well. Another scholar, Ibn Rajab, he says that when the seasons of goodness come in, and the seasons of goodness for us Muslims is those months in which your good deeds are multiplied. He says, when these seasons come in, hasten to do good deeds. And he says, because if you don't, and you miss out in these months, and you don't repent and take advantage of these months and seasons, when will you repent? When will you become better? Allah has made it so easy and the bar has been set so low for us to gain rewards, especially during the month of Ramadan. You recite one letter from the Quran, you get 10 rewards regularly. In the month of Ramadan that's multiplied to and more, right? Every good deed in Ramadan is multiplied. The gates of heaven are open. The gates of the hellfire are shut. The shaitans, the, the bigger shaitans, they're, they're locked up, meaning that they can't come and, and tempt you and, 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 have, and try to get you to fall into your own desires and, and waste time and, and sins and all these other things. So the bar has been set so low. And this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we really don't have an excuse, right? So we have to kind of take ourselves into account and see um, what is stronger, your own nafs inclining to its desires or you obeying Allah subhanahu wa and doing good right so we have to ask yourself you know if you're not taking advantage of these seasons of goodness when will you benefit from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? and Ramadan teaches us a very important lesson in that preparing Ramadan is preparing us like every single fast is preparing us. Every single prayer is preparing us for the day that you will stand in front of Allah on the day of judgment. Ramadan is preparing us for the day of judgment, the day that none of us have ever seen before, a day that you'll never see the likes of before, a day of great horrors that you can't even imagine. Right? And this is also a day that when everything you know and, and everyone you love and every single thing you possess will run away from you, will not support you, will have nothing to do with you. This is the day Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says that your blood brother or your best friend will run away from you. Your own father, your own mother that carried you for nine months. And then delivered you and went through the hardships of labor and the pains and the agonies of labor and pushed you into this dunya, will run away from you. And even your own spouse and children, right? They'll say, Leave me alone. On this day, everybody's nafsi, nafsi. Everybody's concerned about themselves, right? Because this is a day of great stress. It's a day of great torment and worry. Allah protect us. This is a day everybody's thinking, what does my Lord think of me on this day? Will I be successful? Will I enter the hellfire? The only thing that will benefit you and the only thing that will stay with you on this day are your good deeds. So when you need someone to help you on this day, fasting will come. And you need help on this day, that recitation of the Quran that you did will come and these will intercede for you. And we know this because the Prophet told us uh, that the the fasting and the Quran, fasting will come and will supplicate to Allah and say, Ya Rab, oh my Lord, I prevented your servant, this person in the dunya, from eating and drinking during the day. So have mercy on him and give him your Jannah. And then the Quran will come and say, my Lord, I prevented your servant from sleeping, right? Meaning that he would spend the night in prayer, reciting the Quran or even just reading the Quran, they will be your intercessors on this day. Not your mother, right? Not your brother, not your wife or child. Nobody that loves you the most in this world From your family or in in your personal life will be able to do that for you right on this day what will benefit you are your good deeds and this is how you will be when you meet your lord and those who pass the test of the month of sabr they will have a reward like no other on the day of judgment the prophet he told us in hadith that there's a house guaranteed in jannah for um, uh, and he describes the house, and he says that this house is elevated high, and it has no pillars, and it's suspended in the sky, and you can see the outside from the inside, and the inside from the outside, and it's made out of glass, right? And we have to understand when we when we listen to these descriptions of paradise, right, of 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 Jannah, it's nothing like what we see in this life. So the glass of Jannah is not like the glass of this dunya the houses of Jannah are not like the houses we see in this dunya. So think of like the most beautiful house in this world. And even that is nothing compared to the houses in Jannah. Okay? And underneath the, that house in Jannah, rivers flow. And there are rivers, nothing compared to this dunya. And so when the Prophet said told him, his companions says, the companion said, who will own that house, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet said, he said, those who are good in speech people who feed the poor, people who fast properly. And then those people who pray their salah while others are asleep. This is who those houses are for. So we have to earn it and we have to start now. Ramadan is a month of patience. Ibn Qayyim Rahimahullah, he broke down three categories of people when it comes to patience. And he says that the first group of people are people who have the patience of angels. So their patience is stronger than their desires. And their patience is stronger than their bad manners. And their patience is stronger than disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the disobedience that their soul tells them to do. That's the first level. They, they have the patience of the angels, he says, The second level, he says, is the people who have patience, but they fall to their whims and desires. So their whims and desires are stronger. Their bad manners are stronger. Their disobedience is stronger. And Ibn Qayyim, he says that these people resemble the patience of the Shayatin, of the devils. And the third group of people, or the third group of people when it comes to patience, he said are people who have no patience at all, meaning that they eat whatever he wants or whatever she wants whenever, drinks whatever you want, has relations whenever you want. No patience at all, no restrictions at all, no discipline at all. And he says that this is the patience of animals that have no sense, right? And that is because those of us who can program ourselves in this month of patience, right? If you can program yourself to have piety, to be patient upon piety, to be patient upon uh, obedience to Allah, and wallahi that takes sabr. Even if you look at sabr, if you look at patience, The scholars, what they did is they broke patience in and of itself, like explaining what (laughs) patience is, into three categories, so that we can understand patience as a whole and we can encompass all of it. And the first category of patience is patience upon doing good deeds. And that takes sabr. Wallahi, it takes sabr to pray five times a day, every single day, get up, you know for fajr when you're so tired and your bed is so warm especially during the winter or when fajr is really really early in the mornings right to make wudu between or you know before the prayers to fast and to do all other acts of obedience reading the quran it takes patience to stick to it and to continue and to do it and then there's also patience upon staying away from the disobedience of allah and that also takes patience because as we said you have two forces against you: your own self and the shaitan. Your self is crying for desires, and the shaitan is just trying to push you and divert you off the path, leading to the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And then the third type of patience is the patience in the decree of Allah, that your patient, you're patient upon whatever befalls you, and you say, "Qadr Allah wa Mashaa faal," that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decrees. And he decrees whatever he decreed this and he decrees whatever he wills he wants okay so we have to program ourselves to to have patience to be patient upon piety restore your manners replace your current manners with good manners even better manners your speech make it better your actions do they have a point are you doing things with idleness are you are you just doing things without a purpose right so it's a good time to become self-reflective and make these changes now and i recommend you you just you know drop these things down you can have your own journal where you write these things and you take yourself into account and write you know how you're going to improve make a plan for yourself we know that and just to finish up inshallah there are many hadith qudsi and a hadith qudsi is a hadith which is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrated to us through the Prophet. So it's different from the Quran in the sense that the Quran is the speech of Allah that was revealed, and it's exactly word for word the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is uncreated. Hadith Qudsi is the sayings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in the phrases, in the wording of the Prophet. And so we have many hadith Qudsi about worship. We have hadith Qudsi about prayers. We have hadith Qudsi about the Surah Al-Fatiha and the conversation between Allah and his servants in Al-Fatiha. We also have hadith Qudsi about fasting. But there's one in particular that I want to speak about today, which is the hadith that I'm sure a lot of us have heard before, that Allah Subh'anaHu he says, my servant gets close to me by doing those things that I've made obligatory upon him. So the way that you get closer to Allah Subh'anaHu you get close to Allah is by doing the things that he has made obligatory upon you. And the reason I wanted to mention this because it's very important. Something that we see a lot is that people come in the month of Ramadan and they're so excited and which is great alhamdulillah, but an error they fall into is that they pay attention to the nawafir, they pay attention to the voluntary actions and they end up neglecting the obligatory actions, right? So a person might pray all night tarawih or tahajjud and then go to sleep because they're tired and then miss their their fajr or their duhr because they're sleeping during the day to make up for the time that they were awake at night, right? Someone may read lots of Quran, do lots of dhikr, tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but their tongue is not free from backbiting and lying, right? So we have to also Recognize that in ourselves. Am I someone who leaves what is an obligation upon me to do the optional? Because those obligations are the foundation. Remember, Allah says, you get closer to me with doing what is obligatory upon you. So restore those actions. Make sure you have a strong, solid, consistent relationship with what is obligatory upon you right? So think about the things that you say, think about the things that you do, think about the quality of your actions as well. And then the hadith, Allah, he says that his servant continues to get closer. So he says, my servant continues to get closer to me by doing the optional deeds. So once you've established what is obligatory upon you and you're close to Allah, you can continue to draw nearer to Allah by doing what is obligatory, I mean, what is uh, voluntary, what is optional? And again, this is important too because we are a balanced nation. We don't fall into one extreme or another. So this is not also. It's not a month in which you should do just the bare minimum and nothing extra. So there are two types of people, if you will. There's people who just do the bare minimum and nothing extra, and then there's people that they focus so much on the extra they fall short on what is uh, required upon them. So have a balance, right? Remember, Allah said, you get closer to me with your optional deeds," And that is our goal. Our goal is not Ramadan. Our goal is Allah, right? That is our goal. So this is a month of great opportunities. And you have to take it seriously. You have to take it seriously because our Lord has taken it seriously, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, our Rabb, He has promised us that he will give us a reward like no other. If you reach Ramadan, and you fast in Ramadan, and you obey Allah and you abstain from those things that are uh, sinful or displeasing to him. So this is what Allah has made easy for me to mention today. Um, So inshallah, the floor is open now for Q&A.
0: Alhamdulillah, Sister Sabaroni. Thank you, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful reminder. Um, I really appreciate the analogies. Um, It made me think of uh, new ways to approach Ramadan and to be prepared for it. Uh, Inshallah, I would like to take uh, time for any sisters who have any questions, but let me read from the chat, Inshallah.
1: Well, that's all for today. Masha Allah, thank you so very much, Sister Zamzam, for hosting this gathering, and thank you, Sister Sarah, for taking time out of your busy schedule to really presenting this wonderful, wonderful topic, which is uh, taking Ramadan seriously. Masha Allah, may Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to be able to implement what we learned today. And again, thank you, my beloved sisters for coming also, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come in here together to seek Islamic knowledge. May Allah reward us. May Allah make it a for of uh, Jannah to feed us for all of us. Ameen. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.